This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Yeah, definitely a different feel out there weather-wise this morning. I was getting so comfortable yesterday. Today, we're snapped right back into February. Our daytime highs for today expected to be around 17 degrees. So a good 20-degree uh, difference compared to yesterday. We'll have sunshine today, but the winds will also be noticeable. Overnight lows tonight down to 6. Now, we moderate back up a little bit on Saturday and Sunday. Temperatures expected to be in the low to mid-20s and then a little cooler on Monday, back down to 21. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, has your weather details. He's joining us in about 15 minutes. And i got to remember to tease him a little bit. Stu is taking vacation for the first time. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know how long. I can count on one hand for all the years that I've worked with that guy that he's actually taken a vacation. He's going to Florida next week. And you will not believe where he's going in Florida. Some of us, we just can't get away from the work. We'll talk about that and tease on Stumach this final Friday in about 15 minutes. Also up before 6 o'clock, the Wisconsin Corn Association has added a new branch to their uh, activities, a foundation. What's it all about? What do they want to accomplish? We'll talk with the new president of the Wisconsin Corn Foundation, Mark Hoffman, before 6. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. We grew up here, and many of us are farm kids through and through. So whether you have one acre or a thousand. Whether you're building a house or a legacy. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. And And we're we're ready ready to to champion champion rural together. together. Learn more at Compere.com. Compere Financial. Equal credit opportunity lender. Well, we're rolling into the weekend, and it is the beginning of National FFA Week officially starting tomorrow. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And, oh, by the way, Buck wanted to let you know that he did wish me a happy Valentine's Day about 9 o'clock last night. So I can wish you a belated happy Valentine's Day, too, Bob. Well, better late than never. <laughs> and still, 9 o'clock, you got three hours to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, not not with my schedule. That was kind of like as I was walking the Walk into the bed. But anyhow, the bottom line is uh, that's one uh, celebration passed, and now here we go, National FFA Week. And uh, National FFA Week is always a big week, and, of course, uh, the FFA officers around Wisconsin and the country are very, very busy. Another celebration that was held recently, the Outstanding Young Farmer Competition in Wisconsin, and Bob Bosold here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and the Outstanding Young Farmers this year in Wisconsin, not far from our barn doors because Adam and Chrissy Seibel from just up the road in Bloomer are the latest edition of Wisconsin's Outstanding Young Farmers. They're organic dairy farmers, and uh, our Scott Schultz had a chance to visit with Adam about the operation, get an update on what they're doing and what motivates him as a young farmer to keep producing in this business of dairy agriculture in Wisconsin. Yeah, we uh, have heavily invested in technology here over the years. Um, we are a fifth-generation farm. Um, it's I farm here with my dad and my brother. Uh, we have about a half a dozen part-time help, um, mostly high school, college-age students. Uh, they come in before cho- or before school and after school and help us out. Uh, and then throughout the summer, they help us out doing a lot of the field work and stuff. Um, but uh, we've invested uh, a lot of money into the facilities we've put up. Uh, we have two robotic milkers we installed in 2011. Um, we have some uh, newer calf facilities and heifer facilities. And uh, we take great pride in the, the heifers and the animals that we raise um, that allows us to get some of the production levels that we've been able to achieve on the organic side. 
Tell me about that production. What are you doing these days? Uh, right now, we're currently averaging just over 80 pounds. Um, last spring, before our melt quota got imposed on us, we were uh, just about, or we actually had a seven-day average of 91 pounds, which was the highest we've ever hit. Um, but we've we've typically been in the low 80s um, since we put these robots in. Robots uh, made the difference with the production. Uh, it, how, it, I mean, it it does, I guess. Huh? Yeah, they they really really helped out. There was a lot of other things that went along with it. Um, the whole management side of things um, has gra- drastically improved. Um, so the robots just harvest the milk, but the the software that's allowed us to manage the cows in a much more efficient way has really made a difference as well. You also have a meat operation, grass-fed beef operation, that you advertise up here. Tell me about that. Yeah, so we direct market uh, our Holstein steers, and we are starting to get into the Angus steers as well. Um, that'll be coming down the line. But uh, right now we're just raising our own uh, Holstein bull calves that we get, and we direct market them to individuals and then uh, grocery stores and uh, restaurants. Um, we have ground beef, uh, steaks, um, and then we also sell in bulk so you can get the eighth or the quarter if somebody wants to buy in that range as well. How long has the operation been organic? Uh, my dad actually certified the farm in 2001. Um, he was pretty much organic through the 90s, um, just had to make a few changes. And in the kind of mid and late 90s, he was looking for a change. And uh, the organic market kind of sparked his interest, and it didn't take a whole lot of change to get there. So that was something that he was looking at doing and just to try to make a little bit more money and a little bit better stable market. More stable market. Uh, you mentioned uh, your quota coming on. Uh, the price is a little bit better these days. Well, not really. It actually, it's gotten worse the last few days or last few years. Um, we were doing a lot better a couple of years ago um, when the quota came on. Um, there's been a, a surplus of organic milk, so the price has um, come down significantly here the last probably uh, 20 months or so. Um, but it, it's gotten a little bit better as of late, meaning the last couple of months. Um, so we're hoping that things are you know, on the upward trend. Not going to let that organic side slide away now that you're certified there after what would it be 17 or 18 years. Right. Yeah. We have no intention of going away from the organic market. Um, we believe in what we're doing 100%. Um, you know, we, believe that the organic um, way is the way of the future. Uh, so that's that's something that we're not going to go away from. Tell me about your motivation. Coming into the operation as a young guy back in the day, coming out of high school, did you ever have any doubts? Did you have any ideas of doing anything else other than being right here? Not really. Uh, I guess, you know, in high school, that's when I really sparked an interest in farming. And I've been on the farm ever since then. And it's just something I, I get up every day, and for some reason, I enjoy doing it. Um, it's just something that's built in my DNA and in my blood that it's what I do every day. And tell me a little bit more about the operation itself. Uh, how many about how many cows are you milking now, and uh, how many acres of land? And uh, is there, there are a lot of grass? Uh, I'm guessing out there that you're raising. And uh, tell me all about it. So we milk 140 cows, uh, we raise all our young stock, and we probably have a total of about 350 head on the farm. Um, and with the livestock being organic, they all have to graze. So 30% of the dry matter intake has to come from pasture. Um, we usually shoot for a comfortable 35 to 40% on pasture, um, the dry matter intake that is. And uh, then 
um, we probably have a total of close to 200 acres of pasture that they would graze. And we run a total of 1,100 acres that are cropping that excludes the pasture, so a total of 1,300. Um, so of the 1,100 acres that we run, um, we have a combination of corn, beans, alfalfa, uh, rye, oats, and then uh, we do a cover crops on all those as well. So we will harvest those cover crops for feed as, as well. Uh, what do you use different cover crops uh, we'll, we'll use winter rye as our main cover crop that we'll use. We'll aerial seed that on. Um, every row crop always has a cover crop growing. But then after our small grains, we'll use uh, crimson clover, red clover, um, hairy vetch, and just a few different other ones. Oh, I suppose tillage radish is another one we like to use. How long have you done the radish side? That's relatively new. I guess we've done that for maybe three or four years now. Um, it used to just be strictly like red clover after our small grains, but now we start putting in more of a mix of stuff. What do you think the future is for you? You're working into this for your whole life now, aren't you? Yeah, I, I'm not planning on going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> as long as the cash flow side of things works out. Um, no, we, we don't really have any plans of future expansion. We're, we're comfortable with where we're at. Uh, and this Our size farm is kind of the right size for um, the three of us to be able to get things done and um, still have a little time to enjoy life i guess and the folks still uh hard at it with you yeah my dad's still heavily involved i know he's getting to where he wants to slow down um we're pushing him to not slow down but um there'll come a day where he'll you know definitely slow down and it'll be more on um me and my brother and we'll have to probably hire a little bit more help but we'll worry about that when that gets here i guess yeah the time will come soon enough tell me about the pasture side of things uh how what kind of setup do you have for for the pastures? So we rotationally graze. Um, we start grazing when the pastures are about 12 inches high, and we'll graze them down to about 6 inches, and this is with the milk cows. And then we'll run heifers and steers behind them to graze them down a little bit more. Um, they get moved every day, uh, at least the milk cows do. Our heifers, our younger heifers, have maybe 4 or 5 acre paddocks that we will move them to as needed. Um, we'll just let them graze them down when they get grazed down. Then we'll move them to a new section. And that's uh, managed, uh, the, the grasses on there are managed just like any other side of your crops? Or how, how does the growth and planting go with that? So our pastures are very seldomly do we have to reseed. Uh, we will, if we notice that they're starting to become thin, we will put um, red clover out there in the springtime with a frost seeding, or we may get out the no-till drill and drill um, some grasses in there. But for the most part, we don't have to reseed them as long as we don't overgraze them. So we kind of manage that. Um, you know, if we do get a, a dry spell, we will have to supplement feed. But otherwise, um, from that planting side of things, that's all we do. Uh, Fertility-wise, the, the heifers kind of fertilize them themselves. Um, if we do have to harvest crops off of the pastures because in like the spring and fall when they grow faster than what we can or the animals can consume them we will harvest them for baleage and then we'll take manure out of our um, slurry stores and spread back out there so we don't deplete the, the soils. Quite an operation you have going on here and your wife Chrissy doesn't happen to be here today but uh, she's got a good part in this show too. Yeah she is a high school science teacher at Chai High um, and when she is here on the farm, <clears throat> she takes a good involvement into the meat business. Um, 
she takes care of the the fine or helps out with the financing, the booking, the books and stuff like that, and then just helps take care of our two little kids. You know, we have Garrett who's four and Claire who's seven, so she, she's busy with them as well. All right, that sounds good. When is the national uh, appearance for you with the national outstanding young farmer competition? When does that all happen? So that's next year in February, and it's in Connecticut. I'm not exactly sure the dates, but uh, I know that in 2019 is when we'll go, and uh, that's about all I know at this time. So. All right, that sounds fun. This is Adam Seibel, who with his wife Chrissy uh, recently was named Wisconsin's Outstanding Young Farmers. I'm Scott Schultz at the northern end of the world's longest barn. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Darren College, a former NFL Super Bowl champion, signed the most important contract of his life to serve in the Army National Guard. The National Guard for me was a perfect fit. I've had a lot of military in my family. It's a big part of what uh, my family's done for a long time. I'm, I want to go out there and make a difference. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I didn't find that in the normal day-to-day life. I didn't find that working behind a desk. I realized being hands-on and being a soldier was something that would keep me active, keep me outside, keep me in the, that team environment that I craved and that I needed so much. And then the opportunity to serve my community and serve my country was just like, on the cake. I wanted to be in Boise, Idaho. I wanted to be home. The National Guard gave me the opportunity to stay right where I was, serve my country and my community, and it was the best of both worlds. I grew up flying bush planes in Alaska with my dad. I was fortunate enough to get my pilot's license. I wanted to be in helicopters. I wanted to be a crew chief. The Army National Guard gave me a chance to fly helicopters down instead of fixed-wing aircraft. To learn how to be part of the Army National Guard, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. You count on the serenity, the peace and quiet when you have the house all to yourself. Then the contentment is interrupted by the sound of bloop, bloop. You never hear it when everyone else is home, but the solitude of just you and you alone has your kitchen faucet wanting to carry on a serious blooping conversation. It's something Benjamin Plumbing service techs fix all the time. The majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Bloop, blooping, leaky faucet. Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. She milks that babe thing for all it's worth. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 520 now on a finally Friday, and it's his final Friday for a little while. I was telling him earlier, Stumach, our ag meteorologist, that uh, for the, I can count on one hand how many times you've uh, been away from the microphone in the course of uh, our careers together. So you're, you're taking the family, going down to Florida, but now come on, finish the story. Talk about not being able to disengage. What are you going down to Florida for? <laughs> I'm not even taking the family. Oh. I'm going to Florida for the Florida Flywheelers Tractor Show. <laughs> and what, five days worth of this? No, three days. Okay, so what What do Florida Flywheelers do? Uh, they have a tractor show that covers almost 200-some acres. Oh, well, then it will take you three days, because you in that crowd, you don't move very fast. I've seen you in action. 
You know, you don't move fast and you got to look at everything because you might learn something. <laughs> well, I'm sure that you'll at least even if the even if they get rain, it'll be a warm rain compared to what we've got out there this morning. Yesterday at this time, we were talking about gaining degrees this morning. We're losing them every hour. We're losing them now. And, you know, in spite of the fact that I see snow out in western South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, and Oklahoma, it's not going to make it here. We enjoy some sun, high pressures around, sunny but cooler today, even cooler overnight. More sun and nice temperatures, nice for early January tomorrow. But there'll be some rain chance here as we head through Sunday and into early next week. Maybe a little bit we'll have to shovel. I'll have forecast details right after this. At Compere Financial, we understand how challenging farming and this way of life can be. And we know you can't predict what the upcoming growing season will bring. So while there's nothing wrong with hoping for the best, preparing for everything is even better. That's why so many farmers look to us to help manage their risk and protect their investment with crop insurance coverage. Contact your local Compeer Financial Crop Insurance Specialist before the March 15th sign-up deadline or visit us at Compeer.com. Compeer Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Did you know that our UW School of Veterinary Medicine has trained more than half of the veterinarians in Wisconsin. Those are veterinarians taking care of your dog, your cat, your horses, your cows. Pam Yankee here to tell you the story of the UW School of Veterinary Medicine. You know, they built their space to take care of 12,000 patients. Today, they're seeing 27,000 patients in the same space. And those patients travel from a long distance. 80% of the patients are from here in Wisconsin, but there's others that have traveled from as far away as Alaska, even Hong Kong, to find this world-class facility. But this facility needs a facelift. So why don't you step up and help? You can find out more about the new plans for groundbreaking research and groundbreaking expansion at the UW School of Veterinary Medicine. Go to animalsneedheroes2.com. 523. Now, all right, Stu, let's uh, have some more details on what we can expect this weekend. Well, it's a sunny, nice day today. Cool, though, in the mid-teens, and the winds out of the northwest will still be a bit brisk, 8 to 18, gusting to 30. You know, that gives us some wind chills down around 10 below or so this morning. Partly cloudy overnight, single digits at zero or just above. Northwest winds at 5 to 10. Mostly sunny on Saturday. How about that? Low and mid-20s. That sounds okay. North winds at 5 to 10 become east later on. Then the next low pressure system starts building in. It does stay to our south, but there's going to be a bit of a snow chance late Saturday night. More likely some snow developing into the day Sunday. Mid-20s for highs. But an inch or so of snow may accumulate in southern Wisconsin. You draw that line lacrosse to Fond du Lac, maybe an inch. But there's going to be a little bit of cleanup wrapping up the weekend. All right. Well, have a safe trip down to Florida. We will uh, we will catch up with you uh, when you get back and learn all about the Florida flywheel. All right. Oh, uh, I'll rub it in because it'll be mid eighties down there later next <laughs> okay, week. Okay, just stop. Go away now. I'm going to die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stu. Have a good one. We'll see you later. Yeah, see ya. Stumacher Ag he's gonna die. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist with a check in on your weather details. Let's talk a little bit about. He probably will if you know Stu. He's a fuzzy fella. Uh, in uh, around the state, yeah, it's not nice out there this morning. In Lacrosse, you're zero, but feels like minus seventeen. Boston, you're one above, but feels like minus seventeen. Madison, three above, 
feels like minus 17. Fond du Lac, you're seven above, feels like minus 11. Oshkosh, you're also seven above, but feels like 11 below when you factor in the wind. More food and fiber news coming your way on a Friday after 5.30. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford & Rihala, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example. A young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Raihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. It's kind of intimidating when your dad is one of the most famous jewelers in America. And you're supposed to follow in his footsteps. Yeah, and those are some big footsteps. How old were you when you came to work at Kessler's? I started handing out balloons to customers when I was six. Wow. Dad was on the radio 52 weeks a year for more than 25 years. I'm talking to Monica Kessler of Kessler's Diamonds. He gave me and the other owners a gigantic opportunity. The other owners? Kessler's is 100% employee-owned. I'm just one of several dozen owners. So when I walk into Kessler's, I'm greeted by an owner? Every time. So what's your earliest memory of a Kessler's radio ad? In the beginning, Dad would end every ad by saying, I'm Richard Kessler, and I want to be your jeweler. What's he doing now? Playing golf, mostly. Is there anything you'd like to say before we go? I'm Monica Kessler, and I want to be your jeweler along with a few dozen other wonderful people, hand-selected by my father. Welcome to Kessler's. Hi, Mark Ganser here. Ganser has the answer. Trusted in the Madison area for over eight decades, let us show you why. We only carry infinity fiberglass windows from Marvin, windows that can endure our Wisconsin weather, not vinyl. Mark, you mean the plastic windows with the wood grain stickers? Yes, Stacy. vinyl windows will jam, warp, crack, and fade over time. Ganser Company offers free in-home estimates. Ask about our financing options today. Visit our website at gansercompany.com or stop by the showroom off the Beltline near Todd Drive. Are you looking to remodel your bathroom? Don't want it to go on forever? If you hate cleaning your shower or bath, look no further than Bath Planet from Ganser. The only bath system backed by the good housekeeping seal of approval. Baths redone in only a few days. Schedule your free in-home consultation now or stop into our beautiful showroom on the Beltline. Let our designers design the bath of your dreams. Answer, that's the answer. Bent spoons, jewelry, Legos. Over the years, your friends at Benjamin Plumbing have found all sorts of items that can obstruct a garbage disposal. Hey, it's an everyday common occurrence. When your pulverizing garbage disposal comes to a grinding halt, Benjamin Plumbing will dispatch one of their capable service techs to check things out. It could be an interesting discovery, or it could be your old garbage disposal has simply seen its last day. And not to worry, 
the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Grumpy Garbage Disposal? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. We do everything to make your life easy, from packing to storage to cleaning service. Above Average Moving also does in-state, out-of-state, residential, and commercial moving. That's why we say, no worries, less stress, we got this. Above Average Moving is your award-winning medicine mover with the highest reviews, free online estimates, and full cleaning service. Above Average Moving, no worries, less stress, we got this. Visit AboveAverageMoving.com. That ugly shirt you got for your birthday dilemma. Hang it in the closet for the rest of its miserable existence, or toss it. Wear it to Johnny's Lounge in Beaver Dam for a who-gives-a-rat night on the town. Burgers, oozing juices, and sauces from the rim will dribble right off your chin onto your... Well, you can connect the dots. Ruin your shirt at Johnny's Lounge at Beaver Dam. Visit for the food and fun. Leave with a sizable smile and a bulging belt line. We'll be keeping an eye on, uh, you know, the, the free agent tracker here in the next few weeks as we get, you know, closer to the start of the, the NFL season. And obviously, two huge names, both from the same team, uh, now continue to be, you know, linked to the Packers, whether one makes sense from a trade point of view with, you know, Antonio Brown and, and the trade demands earlier in the week or one is a free agent with Le'Veon Bell, you know, officially kind of hitting the open market. Um, you know, these both these names have been out there. Could you see a scenario ever, Rob, where either one of these guys, whether it's a free agent route with, with Bell or a, a trade with Brown, ends up with, in, in the Packers roster? Yeah, I don't think anything's out of, out of the question right now, Joe. Personally, I, you know, I think they've got a far greater need for a wide receiver, a veteran wide receiver um, like, like a Brown than they do a running back like Bell. Um, you know, I'm a huge Aaron Jones guy, and, and I think he's got a nice complimentary piece to him there in, in Williams um, that I think they'll be just fine running the football. <laughs> and, and we all know they're going to run it a lot more under Matt LaFleur than they, than they did under Mike McCarthy. Um, and, and I think if they hammer away and if Jones can stay healthy, um, you know, that, that's a team that can average, uh, you know, 130, 140, 150 yards a game on the ground next year, guys, instead of, you know, the 110 that, you typically saw with with McCarthy, um, so I just I think there's enough pieces in place at the running back position. I wouldn't chase that. I would chase offensive line guys and get that solidified before I would I would chase another running back. Um, I actually think Ted did a pretty good job restocking that position a, a couple of years back when he got when he got both Jones and Williams in in what the 17 draft. Um, now I I do think there's an absolute enormous need to add a veteran presence at wide receiver to go along with Devontae Adams are you going to break the bank are you going to uh, bring on a potential headache in Antonio Brown that I don't know um, obviously you need to do your due diligence and, and do all your homework there does he want a new contract guys um, is, is what kind of teammate is he going to be we know he didn't get along well with Roethlisberger how is he going to coexist with Rodgers how is he going to fit inside that locker room uh, because he obviously became a problem in Pittsburgh. And then and then the backside of that, Joe, is you know, what do you have to give up? Are you giving up one of those two ones that you have right now for a 29-year-old guy who, I mean, let's be honest, probably has three really highly, maybe four productive seasons left. 
uh, before you would uh, look to replace him. Is, is that worth the price of a one? Maybe it is. Um, but you get you have to find some help for Devontae Adams. Jimmy Graham was supposed to be that guy. He certainly wasn't. Uh, the young guys weren't ready. Um, do you think one of them can make a jump to be a, a 60 to 70 catch guy next season? That's a lot to ask. Did you see enough? I'm not sure I did. I don't think any of those guys are, are ready to make a Greg Jennings year two kind of a jump guy like we saw a decade ago when, when Jennings had a great, really good rookie year and then came on like gangbusters. So my, I, I still think their best, uh, you know, best path is, is, is to add, you know, to improve the offense guys, to improve the offensive line and, and add a veteran wide receiver. Um, if you add Antonio Brown guys um, and, and you can check all the boxes and feel comfortable with, with that particular trade, your offense becomes pretty, pretty dynamic pretty quickly. I just, the question you always have with a guy like that is, is, is the baggage and, and how is he going to fit with the rest of the team? Uh, but if you can get answers that you're satisfied with and, and, and there's, you know, it, it's not absolutely going to crush you, Joe, against the cap because there's going to be huge cap ramifications to bring him to bring him onto your football team. Um, it, it becomes a pretty exciting offense if all of a sudden you throw him into the mix. Visiting with our Packer insider, Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, BobMeganFootball.com. Yeah, I mean, the, the money certainly, Robbie, a part of it, but this was a team that was already set up uh, pretty well with, with the salary cap, and, and, you know, that doesn't even count what's probably coming on the pike with, with Clay Matthews and Randall Cobb and, if you want to really entertain, you know, you know, Nick Perry, even Brian Bulaga, veteran guys who are making a lot of money that maybe would be, you know, cut or cap hits, you know, are they going to have uh, almost endless amounts of money when it comes to free agency or, or, or is the money eventually going to be a concern? Well, they certainly have the money to start, Joel. You know, then, then the question becomes, you know, how many, how many of these bigger pieces can you add? Um, because there are holes all over the roster. I mean, let, let's be honest. They need help with outside linebacker. When we look at the defensive side, they need two safeties right now, guys. They, they might need two outside linebackers. Um, the draft is stocked with talent on the defensive side of the ball. My best guess is that is their first pick will be on the defensive side of the ball. <clears throat> and they try to keep building building that unit, guys. Um, the defensive line is probably the strongest position in the draft. Uh, you, you couldn't fault them if they took a defense. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. 5.35 now on a finally Friday morning. Coming up before 6 o'clock, the Wisconsin Corn Growers have formed kind of a new branch to their association. It's all about trying to get the next generation of corn growers active in the state. We're talking about it with their new foundation president, Mark Hoffman, before we hit 6 o'clock. Uh, I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. A little bit on the quiet side as far as notes in history for this date. On this date, back in 1965, Canada adopted its current national flag. That's the one with the maple leaf. It is all about the country's force. The middle white stripe is the Arctic snow, and the red stripes the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. That's what that maple leaf stands for, in case you didn't know. And on this date, back in 1964, Chris Farley was born. Of course, comedian that was born in Madison, a great entertainer, known for his uh, work on Saturday Night Live and a lot of his uh, other movies, and unfortunately suffered an accidental drug overdose December 18th, 1997 in Chicago. But on this day... He was the Farley's brand-new baby boy, 1964, Chris Farley, 
was born. All right, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in agribusiness. You know, this is the time of the year when we've got a lot of folks that are getting together for awards, and I do not want to miss anybody that's picked up some special awards. Wisconsin Pork Association had their annual meeting up in Wisconsin Dells during the Taste of Elegance, and they recognized some of the leaders in the organization and folks that have contributed to their association. Representative Gary Token from Bondwell was recognized with the 2018 Distinguished Legislator Award during their annual meeting. Now, Gary is a representative. He's a former dairy farmer himself. He's worked very hard on different uh, legislation, working with the Farm Bureau, Badger AgVest, Wisconsin Livestock Identification Consortium, Cooperatives Resource International, Ag Source Cooperative, and the University of Wisconsin Center for Dairy Profitability. Uh, that, along with making sure that he's always keeping an eye out for anything relative to a- animal agriculture, why Gary Token, state representative from Bondwell, picked up the Pork Producers Distinguished uh, Service Award. Some of the other members that were recognized at the Wisconsin Pork Association included some of their uh, young leaders. Melissa Wolf was selected for the Agra Communicator of the Year Award. Melissa Wolf does a lot of work in Grant County. She helped to create the virtual farm tour program for elementary school kids so they can learn more about Wisconsin pork production. She also helped open the barn doors and provide opportunity for kids that want to come out to a modern pig farm operation today. So Melissa Wolf from down in Grant County selected as the Agra Communicator Award winner from the Wisconsin Pork Association. Industry honorees Adam Hattie. Ag agent for Richland and Crawford Counties, along with Lisa Seafelt, the ag agent for Marquette County, recognized as uh, industry honorees for their work with pork producers and livestock production. And then uh, Jonathan Wittenbach from Sauk City was given the 2018 Producer Distinguished Service Award. Jonathan's been very involved in the Pork Association and their board of directors. He has also been very involved in helping people come out and witness what life on the farm is like. I know I was on a farm-to-fork tour with him, Pork Association of the Beef Producers, working on that. So I want to make sure I get my kudos in for Gary Token from Bondewell, Jonathan Wittenbach from Sauk City, Melissa Wolf from Grant County, and also Adam Hattie from Richland and Crawford Counties, and uh, Lisa Seafelt from Marquette County, recognized by the Wisconsin Pork Association. It's 539. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. So you think you're ready for Wisconsin weather. Well, let me remind you, Madison averages 43 inches of snow per year and 35 inches of rain. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for my friends at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street, right there in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12, where everything is all under one roof. Boy, is that convenient when it comes to Wisconsin weather and making sure that your ride is safe. Now, remember, McFarland's takes care of all of your rides, whether it's autos, pickup trucks, large trucks, farm tractors, but it doesn't stop there. Bicycles, snowblowers, garden tractors, and RTVs. Listen, if you're depending on your ride and those tires, you should depend on McFarland's. And as always, service all under one roof in the auto and tire shop. Stop on by today and make sure your ride's safe 
for Wisconsin Roadways. McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. Boy, this crazy weather I'm noticing on Facebook and Twitter. A lot of our Wisconsin farms, again, dealing with collapsed buildings because of the heavy snow that came through. Katie Wontok is Dunn County's ag agent, and she says when it comes to cleaning that snow off, you need to exercise extreme caution. Can you safely get up onto the roof? If you have a snow roof rake, that would be fantastic to start scraping some of that snow off of there. But if you are going up yourself or if you're sending employees up there, making sure that they wear some fall protection equipment, they're not falling off the roof, making sure if you've got a ladder that you're securing it and putting it where the snow is not going to be falling off. But yeah, just really trying to remove that snow from those most heavily loaded areas first, of course. Katie Wontok, she's Dunn County's ag agent. You know, trying to get that snow off of our big span dairies is a challenge. But like she said, safety first, please. Markets overnight are trying to gain back some of the ground that we lost yesterday. Right now, December corn overnight up a penny, four dollars and a quarter cents. November beans currently two and three quarter cents higher, nine fifty and three quarters. July new crop wheat currently a penny stronger at five fourteen and a quarter. Barrel cheese in Chicago was unchanged at one forty three and a half. Forty pound block cheese down a penny and a quarter at one fifty eight. Double A butter. Up a penny and a quarter at two twenty-five a pound. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. The Army National Guard is committed to keeping the country safe and our communities secure. Composed of hundreds of thousands of citizen soldiers from all walks of life and in every corner of America, the Guard is always ready to respond to local or national emergencies. The Army National Guard reacts to domestic operations in each of America's 54 states and territories, including Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, Guam, and the District of Columbia. Each state National Guard's unique domestic role is to act as the first line of defense in support of civil authorities in their state. The Guard's emergency responses include search and rescue missions for floods, combating wildfires, hurricane and tornado recovery, and the presidential inauguration. The Army National Guard. We are always ready. We are always there. And in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. If you'd rather be fishing, well, now's your chance. The Zone is inviting you to go walleye fishing with Ballard's Resort on Minnesota's Lake of the Woods. Our adventure begins Friday, June 28th to Tuesday, July 2nd. Check it out. Everything is included. Three days of guided walleye fishing. Round trip motor coach transportation from Madison. Four nights lodging. Meals. Your rods, reels, bait, and tackle. Fishing processing. And even your taxes. This adventure is only $825 per person if you sign up before March 15th. Space is limited, so call 1-800-776-2675 or go to BallardsResort.com to hold your spot. Wow. This trip will sell out, so don't miss the boat. Oh, God. Hey, oh, my God. Get ready to experience big-time fishing with your friends in northern Minnesota with Ballard's Resort and The Zone. Oprah's got all the money, but Pam's got all the talent. Pam Yonke and the Farm Report. Hey, speaking of money, they are going to be looking for money for volunteers for applicants. During the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo this year, 
the Wisconsin corn growers decided that they wanted to work on the next generation of corn growers, the next generation of their membership, the next generation of their leaders. So they have formed the Wisconsin Corn Foundation, again, entirely focused on the future. How did they come to this conclusion? How are they getting started? What do they hope it will accomplish? Those were the questions I had for Mark Hoffman. He is the new president of the Wisconsin Corn Foundation, a grower himself from Palmyra that's been involved in the Corn Association for many, many years. He said, ultimately, the goal is simple, just getting new blood in Wisconsin agriculture. Well, we just we wanted to get involved in something else with education, and we this was the next logical way to go was to create something for scholarships uh, so that we can keep keep the the industry going. Mm-hmm. And and the only way to do that is to educate the, the students, help them get educated on it. Now, scholarships, did they not think there were enough scholarships for the ag kids out there or just wanted to add to another opportunity? Another opportunity, another opportunity. There's plenty out there. Uh, we just wanted to get involved with it. Mm-hmm. So, Talk to me a little bit about how long this discussion's been going on because... Um, like you said, it's very fresh. We've been talking about it for about a year. I've been a, I've been secretary treasurer for about a year now, or just a year. Just got reelected today, and um, it was just something that the new board started kicking around and decided it was uh, something we could do. Mm-hmm. So we took a bite of horns and started it. Was there something that alarmed you about uh, the industry or? Is it the economic times that we're looking at? I mean, there's got to be something to get you guys to slow down and decide you're going to delve into a brand new group. Nicole Wagner, our executive director, uh, she started with uh, at our corn soy doing a student membership to allow them to get into this. And we had, last year I think we had two people do it, and that alarmed us, that there was no students through the FFAs or 4-Hs that were knowledgeable of it. And we just wanted to, to get started, get this out and open, and and try and get it so people know we're here. What message do you think those young people need to hear from the corn growers to get them engaged? You need to be involved. You need to be involved. I just came home from Washington, D.C. yesterday. I was out there with the National Corn Growers for Leadership at its best program. We were meeting with our representatives out there. Uh, there's a lot of new freshmen out there. Uh, the voice needs to get out there. We need to, you know, get these young people going. And, and with the economy the way it is, the average age of the farmer is getting older and older every year because of the way the economy, nobody wants to push their, their children into agriculture right now. So share with me some of the vision that the foundation's already talked about. Now, granted, this is fresh. Scholarships is a kind of nice foundation block to begin with. But what other things have you guys already kicked around? Because I'm sure you have. We want to we want to uh, keep it open for uh, ag students going to any school, any ag school, in state, out of state, uh, tech, anything. Um, we don't want to try and hold anybody back. I guess it all started with uh, the student scholarship or student membership mm-hmm. to come to the corn soy. Mm-hmm. And when we, like I say, when we saw what was not there. We decided we need to do something. Mm-hmm. So for the two that were interested, were they somebody's kids that had some prior exposure, or were they brand new? And if they were, what did they see once they were exposed that lit a light under you to form a foundation? 
Well, they they came from the Lake Mills area, um, and and I if I remember right, it was a fairly new FFA chapter, mm-hmm. and it it just it was like I say it was an eye opener, and those students uh, had a good experience. They had their FFA jackets and everything on, so everybody knew that they were FFA here, and they enjoyed it. They they went to the sessions. They learned stuff. Um, it was good for them, and mm-hmm. and we just wanted to see more people get involved like that. And this mm-hmm. is our way of trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, as a as a corn grower, obviously, and somebody that's trying to figure out who's coming in next, what other things alarm you? Is it just the economics? Is it that we're back to that attitude where parents are telling their kids look somewhere else for your future? Or what else is there that you hope these kinds of programs, whether it's here in the corn growers or elsewhere, can kind of stem the tide? I, th- I think you're right. I think I think some of the parents are starting to uh, just the economy so rough. We did get a farm bill passed, but mm-hmm. or it, it needs to be funded yet. But it, uh, it it's tough times right now, and it's it's hard uh, to push a kid into a situation where you're not going to make money mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. It's it uh, just everything is so tight. Uh, we're trying to show these students that there's other things out there too. Mm-hmm. Agriculture covers a lot of area. It's not mm-hmm. just farming, you know. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to go in for a farming. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean they have to be a farmer when they utilize a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that's what we're looking for. Is we just we have like I say this is brand new. We don't know <laughs> how we're going to pick or anything. We haven't picked a committee for the picking or anything. But okay. uh, it's. It's a challenge. Tell me how you're going to fund it, and uh, are you going to be partnering with other organizations? Obviously, FFA, 4-H makes logical sense, anybody else, but how are you going to fund it? We're, we're doing a uh, silent auction here at the Kalahari for the corn soy right now. Uh, there's a, a lot of stuff on there. Um, that's how we're starting it, and donations. Uh, we're looking at donations from industry. Anybody, any industry that wants to, to help out with an education and it's it, we kept it separate from our pack mm-hmm. so that we could take industry mm-hmm. uh, donations on it so mm-hmm. it has absolutely nothing to do with our political organization how have you have you noticed as a board member and somebody that's been in this association how are membership numbers looking because you're right mark when times are tight you don't think about renewing that membership you sure don't think about dropping a couple hundred bucks necessarily for a hotel room and being here at the convention. What are you noticing as a corn grower board member and somebody that's involved on the national scene? Actually, our membership, uh, we just had our board meeting. The membership is at 802 members, I believe, as of Mm -hmm. today, which is uh, very good. We're we're back up over 800. We fell down a little bit. We're looking, our retention was better this year. we got lax a little bit, I think, on on getting membership, and now we're on we're we're pushing for more membership again. What's happening in Wisconsin that corn growers should know about? I mean, you're right. A lot of our attention right now is on what's in D.C. the Farm Bill mm-hmm. international discussion. But is there anything happening here in Wisconsin they should be aware of that the Corn Grower Association or Corn Promotion Board's got their fingers in? We just we just had our uh, pr- uh, priorities and stuff, and uh, the DNR. Uh, transportation, trade, uh, those are our big items. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of our uh, chemicals that were mandated that we can't use in certain areas, we're trying to get that straightened around. Um, 
just, you know, it's a whole new regime in Madison, and we we have to be diligent to teach them about us. Now, on the national scene, not a lot of farmers get that face-to-face experience that you just came from when it comes to those elected officials. Like you said, a lot of freshmen that are out there, but at a critical time in a lot of different ways. How does that change the way you look at your farming operation when you come home, Mark, or the way you look at a conference like the Corn Soy Expo? Um, I, I guess it, it, it does give you a whole different perspective. Um, in these meetings that, that I was just at, um, we, we talk about a lot of the same things yeah. in our priorities. They may be classified a little differently mm-hmm. for national than what we do in a state, but uh, the meeting directly with the legislators is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, they need to see a face, yeah. and we go out there and we we show them a face, tell yeah. a story. Uh, we've been going; I've been going out there long enough now that some of the people out there, some of the aides, know who I am when I walk in the door. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I always try to help people. It, it means something yes. when a farmer takes time to go. You carry a, quite a bit of wait when you walk in that room that that's correct uh very big very big uh statement there um yeah they they know we're taking time out of our busy schedules to do this and they they appreciate it and they they do listen we don't always get to meet with the the mm-hmm. legislator themselves but the aides that we do get to meet with are the aides that are responsible for the subjects we're visiting them about. So we are hitting the top people out there, even though we're not seeing necessarily our legislator. How many times do they follow up and say, hey, Mark, we got a question about this? <coughs> I had an email from one of them before I left D.C. <laughs> so there you go. A reason why Wisconsin farmers have to stay active on both the state scene and the national scene when it comes to policy development. That's Mark Hoffman. Great example of staying involved in an association, now the new president of the very newly formed Wisconsin Corn Foundation. You want to find out more on what's happening with that foundation? You can check out the Wisconsin Corn website. They are going to add details as they become available. Good luck. All right, that's all we've got for you on a Friday morning. Enjoy your weekend Monday. We are going to visit with a veterinarian that is focused in on canine cancer research and finding success on the UW-Madison.